Well, panel, are we live yet or are we waiting for something to count down? I think we're live. <laughs> well, welcome everybody here. And uh, this next session revolves around preparations for Form 1A. Um, interesting topic, super important topic. Uh, we're here, we hear all about teams and the importance of qualified intermediaries and experts for capital raising a reggae offering. And our panel is made up of the, what I believe are the most highly respected experts in legal preparation, auditors, compliance, and they are all interconnected allies to ensure a successful raise is done right from the start. Uh, so I'd like to welcome the panel and maybe we do a couple of quick introductions. Uh, on the broker-dealer front is co-founder and CEO of Rialto Markets, Sherry Noonan. Sherry, great to see you again. And from, we'll get we'll get the sounds dialed in here as we go along here. Uh, from Reg D, Re, Reg D Resources, we've got uh, um, founder Doug Ruark and corporate counsel Nick Anaki, and and they're going to address all of our questions that uh, those that respect the legal community know to not step over our legal skis and it's super important stuff and uh certainly not uh last but not least is matt mcnamara a managing partner of assurance dimensions hey matt good to see you Thanks, again. and uh, matt lives and breathes all things financial audits uh something that might be not near and dear to our heart but absolutely critical hey critical come on critical in filing preparations <laughs> I'm going to ask our audience, feel free to, to uh, ask some questions. We've got a number of questions um, that this panel can certainly address. Um, and I'd like to take it from a perspective from, uh, and I've got Doug Ruark, the founder of uh, Reg Regulation D Resources. Doug, welcome. It's great to see you again. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Peter. And uh, I want to come from a perspective from a first-time issuer, um, coming to each of you as a uh, how you would guide us through and best prepare a Form 1A from the start. And I guess maybe the beginning of all this is, uh, what is a Form 1A? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, with the, with the Regulation A uh, program, uh, the filing that goes into the SEC uh, is called a Form 1A. And uh, it, it's essentially akin to an S1. Uh, it's a very sophisticated filing. Uh, it is a filing that is going to be uh, reviewed and qualified by the SEC. Uh, so it does obviously need to be prepared properly. Uh, there's obviously a lot of exhibits that are going to go into that filing. So the Form 1A is a big piece of the preparation process uh, for the Reg A Plus offering itself. And uh, it's, part, it's a big part of the, <clears throat> the timing uh, ramp as well that you know, the, with the Reg A's, it's, it's not, you know, you're not going to have a Reg A out in, in, a, in a couple of weeks raising money. Um, you know, with that said, it, it is akin uh, to a, a public offering as far as the investor acquisition capabilities and the sophistication. Uh, so for that, that lead up time of putting the filing in place, you're obviously going to be getting a very sophisticated offering. And it's, in fact, the most sophisticated offering you can execute uh, as a private company. So that filing is going to um, describe, uh, you know, everything about the company, its operations, management team, investment risks. Uh, you know, there's obviously going to be exhibits, uh, your governance stocks, any kind of material agreements, 
uh, the audited financials, which is, is obviously why we've got Matt McNamara on this, uh, this panel, uh, expert, obviously, auditor uh, in auditing firm. Um, but it's a, it is a sophisticated filing to put in place. So I think for the, uh, the people watching this, um, uh, this presentation, that is something to keep in mind. You do want a firm like Regulation D Resources that has expertise in putting these filings in place, coordinating with all of the other vendors. Uh, there's obviously going to be broker dealers involved, transfer agents, uh, investor acquisition, escrow, auditors. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of coordination that happens in putting the filing in place to get it to the point where it's ready to be submitted to the SEC and then go through the qualification process. Hey, great overview, Doug. Um, I think that's, again, it's all about the preparation. It's all about the team that you have. And, and so where does it, where does it begin? Uh, we understand certainly a little bit more about our reggae or, or what the, uh, uh, the um, Form 1A is all about, but where does it all begin? I mean, I, Matt, maybe you can jump in and give us a perspective of, you know, doing an audit. I understand that a uh, the, uh, the filing requires an audit, so maybe you can give us some insight on that and maybe give us some takeaways of what's good, bad, or indifferent or what some challenges that you've seen and, and best practices that you might recommend. Okay, yeah, great. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, and I think I think probably Doug can speak to this a little bit, a little bit more after I kind of answer your question there. But I, I think there are some some critical paths here, and and when does this thing start? Which was which was your original question? And I think there's a lot of uh, I, I think we've seen in practice between uh, Doug and Nick and I, we've seen every piece of it. We've seen folks that are just kicking the tires and they're trying to understand what's going on and. And what do I need to do to get this thing accomplished and really try to build out that spreadsheet? I'm, not, I'm, I'm assuming everyone um, watched the, the previous presentation with Stephen, but Stephen has an amazing spreadsheet. It really goes down all of these different costs, all these different pieces, and what does it really take to get this process completed? Uh, Doug and I have worked with folks that, that bring the auditor in maybe, maybe before. I've made introductions to Doug and on uh, groups that are looking to, to get the Form 1A completed. Uh, and then we've gone all the way to the other side of it where uh, Doug gets involved and, and we need to have an audit done very quickly. So I think best practice wise, and certainly getting in on the forefront, utilizing that quarterback that was referenced so many times in the previous uh, presentation and, uh, and really having this process go through from start to finish. We can work in unison with Doug and his team they can be prepping the Form 1A. We could be completing the audit and really uh, on, on separate on separate timelines. Our net goal is we just need to be done a week or two before uh, Doug is ready to go final with his Form 1A filing. Uh, so I think that is the key piece to the preparation side is that timeliness and having that spreadsheet. I think one of the key things and, and a lot of our presentations that we put through that is probably critical to note is, um, you know, as many of those costs as you can, as you can lock down and have solid fixed fee costs in place. So, you know, the cost of the, of the transaction and what, what needs to be, um, you know, what sort of funding you're going to need up front is obviously mission critical. And, and once again, uh, I think, uh, you know, having that quarterback in place to, um, have those costs locked down, have that, you know, what is this bridge we're going to need to get to the actual funding is, is really critical to kind of that start process 
and where we go. I think I think that kind of answers your question, Peter. Okay, maybe. Yeah. No, I I think I think it's great, and I'm hearing uh, one of the takeaways is that you're doing a lot of things in tandem, and maybe you know as far as Nick and to Doug, and and then we'll segue over to Sherry with as far as once the filing gets complete and some timelines there, but maybe Nick and Doug, you can give some insight to say, you know, when the audit's being done and you guys are doing your paperwork, what are what are some what are some things that can help you do your job? when you're uh, having conversations with the issuers themselves, as far as are, are they ready, for example, and, and maybe w you can discuss some of the timelines that it takes to do uh, to actually do the filing. Yeah, I can speak to that. So the vast majority of our offerings uh, have three things being done in tandem. One is the audit. The other is the kind of refinement of both the cap table and the company corporate documents, the either the LLC agreement, the shareholders agreement, the articles of incorporation, stuff like that, uh, is usually being done concurrently with us drafting the Form 1A. Uh, so usually what we start off with is we just try to get as much information about your business as possible. Generally speaking, most of our, I'd say about 80% of our Form 1As don't have uh, sufficient articles of, of incorporation. They don't, might not have enough authorized shares, for example, or there may be transfer restrictions with their articles and bylaws for the securities when, in fact, one of the biggest uh, advantages to the Reg A would be to have some sort of liquidity for your shareholders. So, you know, you have to really clean up those things. The audit will work concurrently. So usually what happens is we will go in there, we'll learn as much about your business as possible, and we'll just start drafting the Form 1A. As the items get completed, uh, we will then incorporate that into our drafting process. Okay. And I'll, I'll add to that, Peter, too. I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, a big piece for us is obviously the, the narrative of the business. Um, so when people come into this process, and obviously, you know, they're coming in, working with quarterbacks like Stephen Brock and Scott Pantel, uh, you know, getting them prep prop properly to obviously come into our process. Big piece of it is obviously the narrative on the business. How does the business operate? Uh, what type of products does it have? Uh, does it have patents? Uh, you know, if it's obviously if it's med tech, you potentially are looking at, you know, FDA uh, processes for clearance and approvals. So um, so I, I think for anyone out there that's watching this, that's thinking, hey, we're, we're contemplating doing a reggae and how, how can we really hit the ground running and come in well prepared? You know, obviously the quarterbacks will work with you on getting cap tables refined and everything like that. But I think to come into even the quarterbacks piece of it uh, effectively, what you're going to want to do is come in with come in with some narrative on the business and, and it needs to be granular. It needs to be factual. Uh, that'll help also my company and my team uh, be able to put that form one a in place more efficiently. The other thing I'll mention too, and this kind of dovetails with what Matt said is that um, I don't need the audited financials out of the gate to start a drafting work mm -hmm. on the form one a I'll need it in the last say 20% uh, of the, of the filing preparation process. So that's another thing that I tell people uh, analyzing coming into this process is um, you know, don't don't start with Matt and then, you know, wait 60 days and then get us started because we can work in tandem. Uh, and as Matt's working on the audit, we'll be working on the filing. And ultimately, you know, it, it times it well. And Matt's fantastic at getting these audits done quickly. Matt will have that audit done right at the time where we're going to kind of start needing to incorporate it into the filing. Oh, no, that's terrific. Um, 
I, I'm hearing also a, uh, a lot of thought needs to go into being more forward thinking. And perhaps, uh, Doug, what I'm hearing is don't just think about this raise because this raise can affect your other raise in, in the future and how you're structuring things. Um, because most companies, they're not just doing one raise, they're doing multiple raises, especially in the med tech space. I mean, it, it's a journey. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. So what kind of advice or what kind of structuring, I guess maybe on your discovery calls, um, do you guys go through when it comes to uh, those discussions with that company? Do you, do you dive deep and say, okay, we want to do the raise today, you know, for $75 million over the next 12 months. But are you looking forward thinking to say not just this raise, but the future when we talk about existing shareholders, you mentioned cap tables. Um, can you maybe get into that a little bit on, on what goes into that, or at least uh, give some insights into the issuers of some questions that they should at least be thinking about? Sure. Well, and actually, you know, uh, and, and Nick can kind of add some color to this. Um, you know, Todd apparently has a question about if you're currently an LLC, do you need to convert to a C Corp to do a, a Reg A and do a Form 1A? Well, the answer to that is no. Um, we've certainly done Reg A work for LLCs before, but but this actually uh, uh, is, is a kind of a perfect segue to the question that you just asked, Peter, which is when you start looking ahead, uh, and if you're looking to raise 30, 40, 50 million dollars, even 10 or 15 million dollars, the forward plan of the company, uh, managing your cap table, what's the ultimate exit, all that starts to come into play. And I think then that does start driving the conversation of do you convert to a corp? Um, we've run into clients before where they were going to do rounds of funding and obviously have a lot of uh, shareholders coming on board. And when they looked at what the uh, fees were related to, uh, say, issuing a K-1. There are certain states out there, for example, that have fees uh, for each K-1 that gets issued in a member in LLC, and that they, it can all of a sudden quickly become unworkable uh, in that manner. So I think that is also part of the conversation when you start looking at the entity formation, um, what's the forward plans for the company, how many rounds do they want to have, what's their projected exit, um, I would say that for most companies coming through to do a reg A, they're probably going to look to convert to a corp because that's probably going to be the better format considering the growth potential of a company coming in to do a 30 or $40 million raise. Oh, I think you summarized a lot of that again, forward planning and thinking. I, I want to ask Sherry a question, you know, as the broker dealer, um, I mean, obviously you're accountable for uh, all, all the KYC, the ID, the AML associated with the raise and, and looking after those shareholders and look more importantly, you know, like the insurance policy for the company themselves. As we, as a, as a um, Form 1A gets completed and you get into the qualifications side of, uh, side of things, where do you jump in and how does that affect, you know, everybody? Because it, again, it's all interconnected at some point. Absolutely. So, um, you know, from the beginning, we're working with um, Doug and team. So RDR and really happy to be working with them because while we're diligencing and, and reviewing the, the form and, and making sure that everything is complete from a reasonableness standpoint, um, certainly the, the, uh, the legal um, filings, the RDR team is, is really managing and the securities lawyers are really managing. Um, from our perspective, it's um, we're becoming involved when the filing hits um, uh, the SEC. 
because at that point, then we're filing with FINRA um, certain filings that we need to make. Uh, and then uh, when there is a no objection letter from FINRA, uh, the SEC will await that when we're involved with the process um, before they will file, they, they will issue their final um, no objection, objection letter to actually um, move forward the, the process. So that's sort of how that's all interconnected. Um, we need to actually have the filing to um, the, the actual Form 1A to file with um, FINRA. So, so that's sort of the timing on that. So this, re this really says a lot about the timing where you have to be working in unison, where the auditor, auditor, the broker dealer, the, 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 the filing, the legal preparations firm, if you're not working together. And from a tech perspective, that's something we see that kind of can go off the rails sometimes. And you, ha you have a good team working in unison, it works out great. Because at the end of the day, the technology, when that issuer wants to flick that switch and go live, there's sometimes a, the occasional hiccup where, gee, we're waiting on a document. We're, somebody's waiting on this. Is it in the broker-dealer's hands? Is it in the lawyer's hands? Or, or did the audited financials get a delay and nobody was communicating that? So, so you know, I, I, a cautionary tale to all the issuers, really, really respect the teams that you're going to put together on your raise because they have to be interconnected. They have to be communicating with, with, with each other. And you, you know, you, you keep hearing about this team and your quarterbacking and everything that's going on with all of this. Um, it is so, so important and so pertinent to think that way because if they're working together, they're working together for you. And, 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 and I can't help overemphasize that. Um, there's some questions that come up and say, hey, how long does this take? Um, there's two, two questions here. So one is how long does it take and, and what's this thing about comments and what are comments and, and why, why do comments occur and why can't my brother who's a lawyer uh, just do a file these documents and all of a sudden his document comes back and with lots and lots of comments. Uh, maybe, maybe we can share some horror stories there. Maybe Nick or somebody. I was um, just going to say, can I actually um, take jump the in. Um, one about, you know, why do you, why can't my, you know, brother or my cousin who just graduated from law school, this seems pretty easy. Why can't they just fill out these documents? I, you know, I, I, I can't stress enough. Um, this is a really specific type of, of filing. And um, there are people on the other end that receive these filings all day, and they like to receive them in a specific way. <laughs> they like to, they like to receive, um, you know, specific information that, that, that looks a specific way, that reads a specific way. And um, when they don't receive it in a specific way, it can cause a lot of delays. And so, you know, as a broker dealer, um, we work with RDR and they're fantastic and the filings go really smoothly. We have worked with others who, where the filings do not go smoothly at all. And it can be months, it can be, it can just go into a, a, a black hole um, because there's miscommunication, the filings aren't done correctly. It's, um, so I, I just, I, I think it's really, really important to get the appropriate lawyer for this particular filing. And um, we've seen that firsthand. So I can't stress yes. that. Yeah, sure. I agree with you 100%. From my perspective, I, I see the same thing. We'll have groups that get on the front end of the process and have the audit completed and we go through our efforts and so forth. And then the next year rolls around and 
they need to do it again. And uh, and they still haven't gotten the uh, Form 1A filed. And I think so. I think that is absolutely critical. And bringing in the right players and the right and the right pieces to get the job done is critical. Um, we do a number of, uh, of MedTech presentations. Doug and team are always on there, and, and, and Doug, maybe you can speak to it here in a little bit. But you know, the the no comment, your percentage of no comments that go through, and it really just it really goes back to having a team that's experienced and able to get this done. And I think that goes hand in hand with what we're doing as well from an audit side. Um, it is critical to folks like Doug and 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 to Nick. Uh, for us, they they circle back with us. Hey, you know, we need the financial statements. We know exactly what to send over. We need they need them in Word. They need to be able to insert them into the document. Oh, we need a consent. We need this, this, and that. So even dealing with that component of it, um, you know, it's critical to have team members that have worked together, have gone through the process, and uh, can really can really cut that timeline down. Because I think Doug's probably the best one to speak to the overall timeline here. But I would say, you know, from my perspective. Having these team members in place is critical. Uh, I think uh, Andre Ann had a question around uh, SOX 404B requirements. That is, that is not required under Reggae uh, to get that uh, that question that was uh, out there answered. Um, the Underneath the Reggae requirements, you could actually file an AICPA audit opinion or a PCAOB audit opinion. 99.9% uh, .9 of the time, we uh, actually have our clients file a AICPA opinion, we can do that uh, at a much better price point. And then at any point after that, uh, if our clients want to go uh, full public, then that obviously is something that that can be done and, and can be converted to a PCOB audit down the road. Um, but yeah, that, that should answer that SOX 404B question. That is not required under the Reg A requirements, which is a huge, huge piece of Reg A is it does give you a, um, it does give you, uh, you know, some the public option for raising capital, but it doesn't include those uh, really stringent uh, cost points, which obviously getting a 404B um, certification is another cost that gets added when you're a whole public entity. So uh, maybe Doug, you can talk about that, uh, that timeline, because I think that's, that's obviously yeah. critical. Yeah. And, you know, just real quick, I want to backstop the fact, I mean, the team, this team mentality uh, is, is huge. I mean, um, you know, we're, we're, we're working with Rialto daily. We work with core connects daily. Uh, I've worked with, with Matt McNamara for a long time. Right. So, uh, and I think the thing is, is that there's a real tangible benefit there because we all know what we each need when we need it. We know the format we need it in. I mean, um, so there's a, there's, there's some serious advantages to that team mentality and having a group, a, a team kind of, uh, the groups that have all worked together before multiple times, um, there's, uh, that, that provides a lot of efficiencies into the equation. Um, as far as the, um, the preparation work and the timing. So there's a lot that goes into obviously preparing one of these filings. I think if people just, you know, download a form one A and look at it, they, they almost might look at it as a, a loan application. Like, well, you, gee, you just fill this filing out. Um, it's, it's certainly far more complex than that. Part of actually what we do too is, is we work with 
uh, what we would call foundational legal, that we're working with the clients, uh, uh, you know, their corporate counsel, uh, their, their foundational legal, the, the team that's there making sure that uh, they're, they're formed properly, that any prior security sales happen properly and, and the proper exemptions were claimed, that the cap table's been set up properly. But as far as timing goes, you know, it, it, a lot of it is dependent on how clean is the client coming in. We get some people where there's events happening, uh, mergers, or they're converting over to a C Corp in Delaware. And there's, you know, uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, work that needs to be done there. I would say that if it's a clean file, it's possible to have that client ready to file within about 90 days. Uh, that's assuming that the client is getting us information in a responsive manner, that it's good information, that there's, you know, it's a pretty clean deal. There's, there's not, no complexities in there that need to be worked out. Um, but I think that the client needs to really budget in then the additional time of submittal of the SEC, working through any comments. Uh, you also have to factor in FINRA approving the 5110 filing. Um, the the uh, four that we've submitted so far uh, with our MedTech A team, uh, and this is just a credit to Nick and the rest of the team here at my company. We've had five day turnaround from the SEC. We've had two day turnaround and we've had, I think, two four day turnarounds. Uh, all no comment, no review. So that's like I said, that's a credit to my team in just that Nick and the people working here know how to set these filings up. They know what the SEC examiners are going to be looking for. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, there can be comments that can come back. Um, the comments tend to be the SEC looking for clarity on certain uh, disclosures or aspects of the company's business. And certainly then what you're doing is sitting down with the client and working through the responses to those comments. Um, the ones we've done where they came back no comment, we're actually waiting on FINRA more than we are the SEC. I think Sherry could probably speak to this a little bit more accurately, but I think FINRA is probably two to three weeks on those 5110 filings to get them approved. Uh, and then from there, once all that's done, you then have a submit, you basically submit to get your qualification letter. Uh, you're obviously also working to get all the tech stuff done. You're going to have a raised website obviously developed. So again, you know, you're looking at four months, maybe five months, sometimes on some of these to get through filing prep, to get through SEC qualification, to get, you know, FINRA clearing the 5110, and then, you know, reaching to the point where we're ready to, to launch. So my my thing to people, plan ahead. You know, it's, it's not a two-week process. Plan ahead, get started early. The more time, the better, because sometimes things come up in the offering preparation process uh, that require a rework. You know, there might be a rework of a cap table. There might be, you know, material agreements that need to be finalized. They're going to have to be included in the filing. Yeah. Doug, I would add on to that too. Just, I think the, I think the age of the, of the company itself really drives that process. Like for example, for us, uh, the SEC requires two years of audits. So obviously right now that would be a 2020 and a 2021 financial statement audit. Uh, that would be a 2019 beginning balance sheet. So that's three balance sheets, two P&Ls. Now, obviously, if the entity is six months old, you have six months of, of effort to audit. So I think everybody's timetable um, could be a little bit different as far as, you know, how much do you have to talk about? How much stuff is out there as far as the legal team and, and Nick's component? Um, you know, how, how long has this entity been out there? How many transactions have taken place? How many rounds of preferred are you already into? I think there's a lot that goes into that. So some really good upfront planning is, uh, is, is critical to, the, to that process. 
Wow, this is uh, this could go on for an hour, and I never thought paperwork and preparation was so detailed. And this is why I always tell people I never step over my legal skis. I always talk to to Matt and, and Nick and Doug and Sherry when it comes to I go, hey, help me out with something. I've got a question. Um, we're running a little bit close to the hour here, or close to our, our forty minute session. Um, from a closing perspective, what I'm hearing is. You're generally looking at three months, pretty much three months or better to, to get your offering uh, qualified. And that's that's if you've got the right team. And if, if you have no comments, for example, would that be a fair, fair comment? Uh, well, I would I would say three, three months clean what? file to get the filing prepared. And then obviously it's got to be converted, submitted to the SEC. So I would not set a three month expectation on getting qualified. I would set it as. If it's a clean file, we could have you ready to submit in that time frame. If it's a more complex file, more complex company, factor in maybe another 30 days. Okay, so you're looking that hopefully gives everybody who's listening and looking at doing a reg A that, hey, plan ahead and it's going to take some time and engage all the parties that you need to engage is sooner than later. One closing comment from the tech guys, because Unfortunately, sometimes when we get that phone call says, how come my offering isn't right, isn't live today? And they're pointing fingers. It's because these little missing pieces to the puzzle. And that's why you have to do everything in unison. And I, I can't help, you know, uh, overstate that. Do engage all the parties early on because they all have to touch each other and they can help each other and they can help you with your race. Um, anybody else have any closing comments on that? Um, thoughts? I would say too, just real quick, the last 5% of filing drafting is take, I mean, it, there's, there's a, there's a heavy lift there on making sure all the data is congruent as Nick knows. Cause you know, he's, he's, he's the one that's really, uh, uh, you know, coordinating everything. There's a lot of coordination between all the exhibits coming in, um, you know, cap tables, any selling shareholders, use of proceeds data. Um, so that last kind of 5% is getting everything uh, coordinated. And, and like I said, it, it's one of those things where, you know, plan ahead. It is possible to have you ready to file in, in 90 days, but that's got to be a clean file. You got to be really responsive in getting us info because there's, it's not just drafting the filing. It's coordinating in, getting all the exhibits in, getting everything final, getting approvals from everyone to obviously then get it converted and submitted to the SEC. And, and, and I guess my final closing closing is, um, you mentioned cap tables. This is just the first part of that journey because once you go live, there, all the information you captured early on, it has an impact going forward because you're going to have your you're going to have your cap table management. You're going to have your existing shareholders. They're going to be imported. You're going to want to communicate with them, and that's going to dovetail right into our next session here, which we're going to get into, you know, prepping the live issuance and the raise and and it, and talking on things such as cap table management and investor acquisition and the broker dealer and making sure that everything is completely compliant. So thank you all. And uh, we'll jump into our next session and uh, hopefully everybody here learned a little bit more about uh, doing your filings and preparation for your reg a plus. Uh, I learn every time I talk to these guys. So thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.